Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with veteran jazz pianist, composer, and producer Lonnie Leibowitz and vocalist Emily Mazella. I caught up with them to talk about their meeting, their musical relationship, history, and their exuberance over the release of a new 2023 debut album called Awakening. Emily is a 21-year-old up-and-coming jazz singer on the scene. Her story with jazz began at a very young age and continues to grow today. Both Lonnie and Emily open up about quite a bit and Enjoy this tandem interview. Thank you both for taking a minute out today. Before we get into this interview, I want to know, introduce yourselves respectively and what your capacity is in life and with this project, and then we'll kind of hop into the backstory and go from there. Yeah, okay. I'm just going to do it uh, historically, you know, hopefully not hysterically, although that wouldn't <laughs> be bad either. Um Chronologically, I'm a New York-based musician, jazz pianist, composer. I've had success in many um, areas of the music business, even outside of jazz. Um, and, uh, you know, back in the days of uh, the CDs in the 90s, uh, I was playing all the Manhattan clubs and touring a bit and uh, sold CDs internationally. I was on a label. And, um, and you know, it was a groovy time. Um, but there's no time like the present. So um, I've also, as many musicians have, have done uh, teaching with me, mostly private study. I also sort of uh, studied with the, um, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Lenny Tristano, Sal Mosca, people like that. Yeah. Yeah, so I sort of came out of that uh, thing as a student in Queens, and that was back in the 70s when I was a kid growing up and everything. Um, so... Uh, in any case, I relocated up north, Westchester, New York, and, you know, took my uh, music with me <laughs> and uh, was a teacher up here. And I guess it was about four and a half years ago or something, uh, the 16-year-old girl came to me. Well, her mom called first, uh, Emily, as a vocal student. And, um, and then eventually a music sort of improvising student as well. And uh, and then, you know, like uh, only a handful of students really over my life, you know, has, you know, has sort of like uh, it kind of raised to the level of being a professional, a young professional, a recording artist, and just a damn amazing singer, you know. And, uh, okay, I guess that covers me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. so uh, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, you're good. You're good. If you if you wanted to kind of, I guess that, that now what I can kind of do is, yeah, if you want to introduce yourself and kind of, you know, maybe a little bit of the meeting of you two and, and a little bit of your backstory, and then I can kind of peel back the layers of this project more specifically. I'm handing the microphone <laughs> over. Okay. Yeah, so um, I've always, you know, been into singing since I was in the womb. You know, when I was a kid, my mom would put headphones on her stomach, and, you know, the only time I ever moved was when she'd play Bach or Mozart or Beethoven or just any of the greats. So she knew, you know, from that second that I was here to do music, and I knew, you know, before I even came into this world that that's what I'm here to do. And um, so I, you know, was always doing theater growing up and uh, things like that. And then around, yeah, 16, 16 and a half, is when I crossed paths with Lonnie because I was getting into uh, specifically more jazz-based 
singing and, you know, coming from R&B roots. So talk to me a little bit about this project. And this is your debut, and the debut is a big deal. It's really kind of your introduction to the world of jazz and recorded music. So talk to me a little bit about, you know, your first single is Awakening. How did this project actually come together? How long has it been in the works? So um, I would say probably around 18 is when I was first introduced to Awakening by Lonnie. You know, part of my whole thing as a singer is really that synergy between spirituality and soulful expression, you know, through the vibration of the sound. And so Awakening was something that just really spoke to me and resonated within me. And yeah, we, we uh, realized we had an affinity for um, uh, spirituality, you know, in a natural way, informal kind of from the uh, ground up kind of spirituality. Yeah. Um, we both had that. And, you know, Emily was so young, but she could really hang with it. Her concepts were clear even back then. You know, I also want to say that, you know, it's interesting because you're a jazz guy and we're jazz people, and yet you mentioned Awakening as a single because I sent you that uh, smaller mix, I think, that uh, edited version. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, that's really kind of far out in itself because you're really the first person to even bring that up so far. Because in jazz, there really are no singles. And yet, uh, that sort of stumbled on one thing about the project, which uh, hopefully will resonate with you and your audience. Uh, otherwise, uh, I'll talk myself out of something here. But um, basically, it's sort of like a concept um, jazz record. Um, now, I, you know, you're a lot younger, I believe, than I am. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I kind of came from that era um, of prog rock and meaningful records where every record had a message, whether it was, um, you know, Dark Side of the Moon or, or uh, something by uh, Tall. The Moody Blues actually uh, did something similar to what we did. They would always start their records many times with spoken word and lay out something that uh, had meaning other than the music, you know, really saying something in, in different ways, in different dimensions almost multi-dimensional expressions. So um, so that's really what we did, and I don't really know another record like it that's a jazz record, because it's still a mainstream acoustic jazz record. As you know, you've heard it. So so actually, we're, we're curious to like what you think about it. So we're always curious any reaction we could get, because we know it's different. Yeah, and I think that's the thing about it. There is a difference to it, and I think a part of that, which has always been my first question to ask, and I'll get into that, which has been kind of this COVID period, it really has kind of put a new spin on things. And I think that the one thing that the world of jazz has been really good about is it's been good about amalgamizing all of these different influences into um, a newer kind of sound. And I think that's the thing that's really good about this, is that we are hitting strides where there's this traditional element that we've all gotten used to in the craft and the idiom, so to speak. And I think there's new elements that are coming in that are really refreshing, that are really good, and that I think it's really pushing the craft. And, and at the end of the day, that's what jazz really was all about. I mean, it was kind of this, you know, somewhat revolutionary music at the time that got people to dance, but I think, which it still does, but I think now even then it really gets people thinking in a different direction. It, jazz is a feeling. It's, 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 more than anything else, it washes over you in a different way. And I think that's the thing that's really refreshing about this. So my question to you is how much did surviving COVID and going through that 
how did that factor into the sound? And especially now with releasing it, with the world waking up, how does that part of it feel as well? Yeah, it's funny they say waking up. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess you could think of uh, the lockdown and the COVID thing in general, like of some kind of big sleep. But uh, the world is waking up, you know, in many ways. Um, I think that's why, you know, if you permit me to say it, that's why, you know, like the mainstream media is trying to keep us asleep or something and fill us with fear. But, you know, we, me and Emma are just there to have a, a great time doing the music and uh, vibrationally waking people up with, you know, like I said, besides the beautiful music itself, you know, a little bit more, you know, with a spoken word. And there are other parts of the album that have that, too. It's almost a theme. Uh, again, it's really a mainstream jazz record. And it's so funny. People hear this record very differently, <laughs> which is another kind of like looking at the diamond from, from many angles. But... Um, Basically, um, uh, in the middle of the record, we covered Giant Steps by Coltrane. And so I wrote words, you know, lyrics for it, you know, which are also message-oriented, I guess. And, um, and then we close with the Stevie Wonder tune that another young high school student uh, requested that we do years before. And uh, so I had that in the back of my mind, and Emily sings it so wonderfully. And... Um, it's one of Stevie Wonder's jazziest, craziest uh, compositions, visions, but it also points to a world which would be a better place, you know? It's not utopia, at least something closer to a, you know, a world based on freedom, higher vibrations. All right, why don't you take it for yeah. a while? <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's true. COVID was um, an interesting time, especially for me. You know, I was finishing up high school, making a transition into college. And, um, you know, it was like a very dormant period, I think, in a global sense, you know, that everything was shut down. But um, as an artist, it was a really deep and poignant time of, you know, exploration and introspection and development and really just um, kind of fusing together all the aspects of my whole soul into my sound. And then, you know, coming out of COVID now and, you know, just trying to put that out into the world and really project, you know, my soul and my expression of my soul through my sound to the planet is really important to me. Coming out of high school and college, can you imagine being that young and having to deal with all of that? How, and, and Emily, responsibly, you know, vibrationally, uh, she was the only student that kept coming through the COVID thing. I, I was on, like everybody, I was doing Zoom or the, the Apple equivalent of it with the picture phone. Um, you know, I was doing that for, I guess, eight months, close to a year during COVID. And, and thankfully, my students stayed with me at that point, um, you know, and had remote lessons. But Emily just kept coming. She always um, showed up for her lesson. And I guess that's the part of it. You know, the beauty of this, this the term awakening is, is that the world really is waking up. And I think the one thing you honed in on, which is dream realize, and that's obviously the feeling I get from you, both of you together as a connection, you know, the, the older world, the newer world coming together for a sound that people just, you know, it, it, there, there, there's things in this that are, that are new and fresh. And I think that's probably one of the things that's a hallmark of you two coming together. And have you thought about that, about merging these worlds that are, 
different because of age, but they're different because of the worlds that you grew up in and that you experienced. Yeah, I'm going to hand it over to you. Let me okay, preface go this. I got this. <laughs> yeah, this is the old guy talking. <laughs> hey, there you go. Well, you know, it, you know, obviously, chronologically, it's very true. Um, but in a lot of ways, we've discovered there's not that much meaning there um, because um, we're both sort of like what you would say old souls, number one. <laughs> and Emily is actually the oldest soul of anyone I know on the planet right now. Um, <laughs> Took the words right out of my Yeah, but, but, the, but the thing is, it's like, um, you know, talking about the record, it does offer some, something new. Um, there's no question about that. But it is also a big celebration of the tradition. You know, it sort of does both at the same time. And um, I'm going to let em Emily explain some of her influences and how we work that into the record. Yeah, so, well, yeah, first of all, um, yeah, the, the whole second age. track, you might want to. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's the thing, too. But, um, yeah, with the <laughs> age thing, it's, you know, it's interesting because, you know, time is, you know, in human, I guess, earth plane, you know, it's this very linear thing, but, you know, jazz is so all-encompassing and circular and ever-expansive, so it's like when you're collaborating with people, you know, age is something that's not really felt other than something perhaps in their soul, like other than in, in their sound through that, but, um, yeah, so my biggest influences, you know, I'm sure you could probably hear, especially on um, the second track, Freddie Freeloader, um, you know, it's an homage to Miles and to Freddie, but I also, through the lyrics on the head out, um, talk about Billy Holiday and uh, Betty Carter, and they're two of my biggest influences in this entire universe. Um, yeah, I really, you know, got into the tradition of jazz vocals and, you know, the approach to lyrics through accessing Billy and just her cosmic, you know, note-to-note phrasing and, you know, framing of a melody and just everything that she's contributed. And Betty, um, you know, with her scat and also her phrasing and her feel for time is so incredibly far out and just such a blessing that I really, you know, am so grateful I've gotten to listen to and just continue to listen to every day and soak up and absorb as an artist. An artist like Betty Carter is, besides being so amazing as a singer, she really puts it out there, like, to be yourself. Yeah. You know, kind of like Monk and uh, and a lot of other musicians that, you know, like, be yourself at all costs. Give it all up to that. And don't try to do anything that's not yourself. The most important thing with having a context of your union and kind of the vision for this project is, and we keep bringing this up, and I think this is the thing that I want to get to, is that, you know, as the world opens up, live music is happening, new album out, New Year, tell me about any live shows, any anything that's coming up, best place for people to pick up the album, and, and, and everything revolving around that that's happening right now. Okay, well, we do have a CD uh, or album release concert, you know, on the local level up here in northern Westchester, um, which is New York, where we're from. And um, we're doing it at uh, a friend's place, uh, uh, it's a Ford or John Ford piano, and it's a it's a pretty cool space because there's a lot of acoustic pianos there, a lot of great grand pianos. So I get to choose, you know, my instrument. You know, that's on the local level. Plus a whole bunch of other gigs we're doing locally. 
Uh, interestingly enough, you know, in uh, conversations with a, uh, a big venue um, for a concert uh, in your area, it could be about uh, two hours southeast from, from you in Kansas City. And, uh, you know, we'll let you know if that comes through. Uh, that would be like a bigger concert in a concert hall, which is really how we would like to present ourselves. Um, ourselves. You know, there's always Manhattan, and, um, you know, we occasionally get down there and do stuff, uh, kind of telling Emily lately that she needs to sit in a bit and get known, um, you know, like I did back in the day. But uh, other than that, uh, and then we also, you know, um, if anybody's listening, we have eyes, you know, to travel and do uh, some global explode, uh, exposure, you know, some international things. It is a live music. Jazz is that yeah. very felt live, yeah. Absolutely. So Bandcamp, is that the best place to get the album? So I would is say uh, I don't have a Bandcamp, so no. I have it on my yeah. website, and then, yeah, um, yeah so my website uh, if you want to purchase a CD, and then there's also Spotify, of course, and Apple Music, all those. Yeah, there's, there's all all the streaming sites, obviously, um, and uh, you can, um, yeah, Emily, if you want to leave an email or something? Oh, for yeah, for, <laughs> well, yeah, for also. if people want the physical CD, which hopefully one day will also be a vinyl album, um, and because yes. Joe, you have a copy now, and uh, it's a nice package you put together. Nice artistic package, and you know, so many uh, people, especially young people, they just listen digitally now. You know, with headphones and whatnot, or Bluetooth. You know, um, I still have a big stereo, so I, you know, I still appreciate CDs and vinyl and things like that. You know, so uh, are we totally hooked up there with how to get it? Yeah, um, you can just you know join my mailing list on my website, um, and that'll you know give you a way to get it. Or you could just, you know, reach yes. out to my personal email or work email rather. But EmilyMazzella.com. Uh, my website is yeah. EmilyMazzellaMusic.biz. I really wanted to get to the jugular today about your union and the project, and I'm really looking forward to getting the music on the show and presenting it. So I appreciate you taking time out today and opening up about it, and and good luck with everything with the album and as the year opens up with live shows. Thank you for letting me open up to you and share it with the world, man. I'm very grateful, seriously. Emily's <laughs> a very open. Beautiful. Thanks so much, Thank you Joe. so much. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players in New York City, Kansas City, and spots all over the world, giving fans all that jazz. Thanks to both Lonnie and Emily for their time, music, and story. If you want to hear more Neon Jazz interviews, you can find us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Subscribe to us at YouTube. And for everything Neon Jazz, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.